Welcome back to another episode of You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership, teamwork, process improvement, and the passion people display. Today's podcast is with Ernie D. Los Santos. Ernie will explain the infinite game in the business world. It's all about staying in the game. So sit back and enjoy Ernie's story. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Ernie De Los Santos. Okay, Ernie is really I connected with Ernie some time ago through my brother, but Ernie has his hands in a lot of projects and he has a lot of connections out there and he's always trying to help people. I know you have Top Gun. You're the co-founder or the founder of Top Gun. I forget. But Ernie, why don't you just why don't you give our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself, where you who you are and how you got to where you are today? Okay. Uh, well, first, uh, thanks, Jim, for having me on your podcast. Uh, I am, um, I've, I've had about a 45 year career in uh, sales and marketing. Uh, most of that was in marketing. Uh, but part of it also was in production. Uh, partly because I got tired of engineers telling me they couldn't do something that I knew could be done. <laughs> and I'm not even an engineer. So I went into I went into production and designed uh, production systems and stuff. Didn't make very many friends among the engineers, uh, but I got stuff done, made new kinds of business models, in particular took uh, like a large photographic company from from film to digital. Uh, and um, I was mostly responsible for for making that happen. Uh, then uh, after that, I got into the uh, healthcare business, healthcare industry, doing sales and marketing for a company that was doing education for revenue cycle compliance. Those are the people that are in charge of uh, trying to get hospitals paid uh, for the work that they do. Uh, and it's it's kind of strange because uh, healthcare is like it's it's like the one industry that I've ever been connected with, and I've been connected with several. Um, the one industry I can say where nobody knows what it costs. Uh, nobody knows what an operation costs. Nobody knows what it costs to go in and out of the hospital because there are so many things involved. And there's nobody who can tell you that. Now, they, they, hospitals have to file cost reports and all that with the government um, because the government will only pay them a percentage of all that. And then they have private payers. The insurance companies, they pay a percentage of whatever the hospital bills them. Anyway, the numbers are all over the place. And that's the industry I've been in for the past 16 years. What I started doing 16 years ago was doing webinars, trying to educate hospitals about all that. And uh, uh, I knew from the first time I visited a hospital, these people needed help because like I said, nobody knew what things cost. And so it was, uh, you know, I was trying to educate people on what the uh, insurers wanted to see in the medical records when they sent a bill in because the payers, uh, the insurance companies could, could deny for virtually no reason. If one particular word was missing, they wanted to see, well, that $100,000 heart operation, just uh, the hospital only got $7 uh, for it, despite uh, no matter what else was involved. So that kind of thing really bothered me. And so I started doing that for a number of years. I created some things that were free because I thought there was a lot of stuff going on that was that was outrageously expensive uh, for those people to get to learn. 
and so I started doing a lot of stuff for free. And that led to me creating something called Appeal Academy, which later created a, uh, a web talk show uh, that was every Friday uh, for, and I've been doing that for 10 years. Uh, and those were free webinars. Uh, and uh, that led me to, uh, I needed to do something to make some money. So then I created something called Top Gun Audit School, which the idea was that just like Top Gun pilots, they're taught uh, how to defeat the enemy's planes, not the ones that they fly, the ones that the enemy flies. Well, same thing with doctors. They need to know how do payers uh, want to see in documentation because the doctors aren't taught that. So that's what Top Gun Audit School is for. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm also in a couple of other organizations that are nonprofits. But anyway, that's, that's what I've been doing. And along the way, a few years ago, I came across a guy named Simon Sinek. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, he, um, he has a very popular uh, 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 YouTube talk called Start With Why. Uh, and then he has other talks that are about something called the infinite game. And that is what I spend most of my time these days trying to teach people about is how to play the infinite game. Because the reason so many people are losing in business is because they don't understand that they're in an infinite game now. All right. So, so go ahead. So now that you got me here, tell me the difference between a finite game and an infinite game. Okay. Finite games are easy to identify. Think of baseball. Think of chess. Think of football, soccer, any of the sports you can think of. All of those games have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, and uh, there's, there's a set of rules that mostly everybody agrees upon uh, when you play the game. And there's also a set number of opponents. You've got, you know, when you play baseball, you're playing against one other team. And they've got a set number of players. They got to play rules. There's nine innings. Sometimes there's more based upon all that's based upon a set of rules. Everybody knows the rules. and Everybody plays by those rules for the most part. Right. Right. I'm not talking about cheating. Just talking. That's that's the way the game is played. You don't get to the end of nine, a baseball game in nine innings and say, oh, wait, if I could just play another three innings, I know I could catch up. Well, that's not how the game is played. An infinite game, on the other hand, is something like uh, marriage. Uh, there are no winners in the game of marriage. <laughs> you can't yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. You can be winning, but you can also be not winning. But, you know, if you think you're the winner of the game of marriage, ask your spouse. I think they'll have a different viewpoint. And I don't, uh, I don't even know what you would define as a win in a marriage anyway. Yeah, well, and that's, that's part of the problem with that game. But it's a game because it goes on and there is no end to it other than, you know, end of a life. Okay, mm -hmm. but there's, there's definitely a beginning and then there's everything else. And you uh, have to change your strategy as things come up. Right. And there are, um, there basically, there's no set of rules that everybody agrees on. Everybody makes up their own rules as they oh, go. Would, wouldn't you say the medical though has its set of rules like Medicare and then you, and just talk some insurance companies, Humana or United Health, don't they have a set of rules? Yeah, but they change the rules almost every month. Okay, all those rules, yes, they set rules, but they set the rules 
The hospital doesn't get the set for the rules, okay? Now they can change, they can negotiate with the insurance company sometime, who's gonna get paid for what, when, and what do I have to say? Uh, but all those rules are subject to change. Uh, and every insurance company has their own set of rules. It's just like any business. Business, all business is an infinite game. Now, there are a lot of companies out there that want to say, oh, we're, we're number one. Really? Based upon what agreed upon metrics. Tell me the metric that you use to measure to say that you're number one, because I may not agree on that metric. I may think somebody else is number one or that I'm number one. But of course, you're not going to agree with my set of metrics. That's an infinite game. The only goal in an infinite game is to keep playing. You don't want to run out of the resources or the will to keep playing. Now, let me give you another example of an infinite game. Think about the war in Vietnam. The war in Vietnam was an infinite game, but America tried to play, and so has everybody else who's ever you know, gone in there and tried to uh, take over Vietnam. They've tried to win it as if it were a regular war. It's not a regular war. It's an infinite game type of war because the people on the other side, the North Vietnamese, they didn't care what it cost. They didn't care how long it would take. Their only goal was to keep fighting until you, the US or the Russians, ran out of the will to play and the resources to keep playing that game. And that's Ooh, what happened. That's a good, good example. Matter of fact, you can say the same thing right now why we left Afghanistan. Oh, we're done playing that infinite game. It's exactly the same situation. Uh, there have been many people tried to, uh, you know, win the war in Afghanistan, not even just the U.S., uh, you know, and none of them have been able to win because they didn't understand it was a game you can't win. All right. All you can do is stay in the game or get out of the game. Now, in business, uh, the way you, you either stay in the game and keep playing or you go bankrupt. That's now you have to drop out of the game. You don't have the resources to stay in the game anymore. Uh, the same thing with mergers and acquisitions. Frankly, there are very few, certainly in the medical uh, industry and in healthcare industry. There are no, you know, people keep the executives all say, oh, well, we're going to uh, we're going to consolidate uh, resources. You know, we don't have to have as many people in in uh, in the accounts payable or the accounts receivable department we don't need as many buildings whatnot etc and that's going to let us provide better care well i challenge anybody anyone to come up with a merger like that that's happened where care actually got better uh, well, what about what about companies that merge okay for instance i know a company um thompson Thompson was a huge company. Well, it still is a huge company. Okay. And they, you know, they used to have Thompson Travel, Thompson Newspaper, Thompson Publishing. And that was uh, probably uh, going back 30 years ago, because back then in the early 90s, they had all three of them. And now they got they got rid of the newspapers at the pinnacle of the year, uh, right. pinnacle, pinnacle of business. Okay. Um, they got rid of publishing at the peak of publishing okay and they got rid of thompson travel which was really in the uk so now they bought um reuters okay but everybody thinks it's reuters and i think it's reuter thompson because reuter is the dominant name yeah reuter doesn't own thompson thompson owns reuter 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that a isn't that a win in in the game? Because well, what is what is Thompson? Well, uh, again, in, in an infinite game, there is no such thing as a winner. You can be winning part of the time, maybe even a lot of the time, but okay. you're never going to be able to be the winner because nobody can declare you the winner. You can't declare yourself the winner because other people are going to say no. Just like in you know, you can't win the game of friendship. You can't win the game of marriage. You can't win any game of business, uh, you know, because there's always going to be some, now monopolies. That may be a different kind of story, but I actually think that still applies. I do too, because let's just take Amazon. Amazon is 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 the giant out there. Okay, you know, Jeff Bezos, he turned that thing. I mean, it's a multi-billion-dollar, trillion-dollar business, whatever you want to call it. Okay, sure. do you not think all these people are not chipping away to knock him down? Oh, absolutely. They're playing, they're playing in the game. Right. Uh, now, is he the number one? Well, right now he is, but once upon a time, he didn't, you know, he wasn't there. He started in his, in his apartment, I think, or in a garage. In a garage, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's like Bill Gates. Bill Gates ain't number one no more. No. I don't think, I don't think he is with all these other systems out there and Apple really knocked him on his right. tail. And even Apple, but Apple, see, Apple's a good example of a company that does play the infinite game. And the reason is because there was a story that Simon Sinek told once. I'm going to re I'm repeat a little bit of it. The idea was that he'd gone to a talk and he, it was the time when the, uh, the iPod was big. This is before the iPhone. And uh, Microsoft had come out with the Zoom to compete with the iPod. Zoom was a wonderful product. And uh, uh, Simon Sinek had been speaking at an Apple conference, and he happened to share a cab ride uh, with one of the uh, top execs at Apple. And, and he was saying, he said, you know, uh, 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 Microsoft gave me this Zoom, and it was, it's a wonderful device. It does this and this and this. It's a really terrific device. And the Apple exec just looked at him and said, I have no doubt. End of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> Apple didn't care if the Zune was a better product right now. They didn't care because Apple understood the first place. All they cared about was pleasing their clients, pleasing their customers. And as long as they could keep doing that, they would be able to stay in the game. Well, the Zune's not around anymore, is it? No. Uh, think of all the companies uh, that... Uh, well, who, made, who, who actually made... I'm aging myself a little bit, but who made the BlackBerry? Remember that? That, that was a different, uh, uh, a single firm that was the BlackBerry. I don't remember the name of the company other than that. But I mean, I, I, I mean, they, they were, people were addicted to their Blackberries. Me yeah. being one of them, being on yeah. the road a lot. Yeah. And just like now, people are addicted to the iPhones. There are more, more than a billion iPhones in the world. Uh, that's, the, that's like the single most successful selling product ever. Uh, so, but, is it, but isn't it interesting? I, I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball, though, okay? Because okay, right. I've been told, okay, Samsung technology is better than the iPhone. But the problem is they don't know how to market it, and Apple does. Here's, what, do you, here, what do you think? Well, here's why I think Apple is so successful. Uh, and it's what Simon Sinek called the golden circle. I hate to keep repeating him, but I love all the stuff he does. Apple... Uh, most companies, they say, here's our product. It's a wonderful product. You know, don't you want to buy it? And it does all these things for you. Great. Okay. 
Apple, how did Apple even start out? Apple started out by saying, you know, uh, we're going to beat the man. You know, you don't, you don't have to do what everybody else does. You don't have to be a lemming and walk off the end of the cliff just because everybody else does. You know, we, we, we're going to make products that change the world. You want to be a part of that? Okay. We, we do that by creating really crazy, well-designed, you know, crazy, fantastic products, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and we do that in a lot of different products. Uh, we happen to make computers. Want to buy one? The whole purpose of it is why the, the, the big deal is that why are they in business? They're not just in business to make money. They're trying to change the world. And they well, have. Well, you know something, you, you're hitting something. When I, you know, uh, when I was going for my degree and I did my degree in night school, I have a, a, a BSWE degree, okay? Uh -huh. And I had to take a, a class called creative writing. Never forget that instructor. And, you know, one of his questions was, what's the primary purpose of any, co of any company? Well, 99% of the class said, you know, make money. Make and he money. says, and he says, and before he even finished it, he says, and making money isn't the answer. Yeah. Okay. And nobody could get it. And the answer was very simple. Make customers. Yes. If you can't yeah. make customers, you can't do anything. Number one job of a CEO is what? Find and get new clients, new customers. Right. Number one job of a CEO, period. If he's not doing that, what's he there for? To collect a salary, you run the board or something? Um, the whole uh, purpose of, uh, you know, before... You know, this is a this is a really a pet peeve of mine. Before 1980, there were never any mass layoffs in America. Never happened. No. Companies thought that their number one priority was to keep their employees happy because they knew without the employees they couldn't you know they couldn't make money. Okay. Right. Right. After 1980, a fellow by the name of Milton Friedman, who was a Nobel uh, uh, you know prize winner in uh, economics. He convinced corporations, no, your number one obligation is to your shareholders, is to be able to make sure that they get better and better dividends. That's your number one obligation. And what did, so what did companies start doing? Their number one, their number one goal was to balance the books. So if they were having a bad year, well, we're going to have to move some lever. Oh, you know what? We can lay off. 5,000 people and the books will be great and the dividends will be great. Shareholders be happy. We all get our bonuses. Right, right. Uh, and, uh, and we get to keep going. Uh, no consideration for the employees whatsoever. Right. Now, how much trust and cooperation and innovation does that inspire in a company when it lays off thousands of employees? How do the other employees feel? Those ones that got laid off, they didn't do anything wrong. They went to work every day, did their job the way the company was supposed to be, the way they were supposed to be doing it. And the company fired them anyway. Now, if you work for a company like that, do you trust that they're going to keep you? What's to yeah. keep them from letting go of you? Uh, does that mean you're going to cooperate with them when the, the upper guys, the big guys, they, they all get their bonuses, they get to keep their job, but you're your buddies on your left and right just got fired. 
Are you going to cooperate with them very much? I, matter, I just have a friend. And matter, um, he got he got let go from a company. No hard feelings. He had 26 years. OK, um, because they're doing things to make the books look different because they're going for an IPO. OK, mm -hmm. and they want it to look good for the IPO. So they actually want that part of the the the, the uh, I guess I don't want to say the fact, but the cost in that particular area to dwindle down a lot. And he was, yeah. he, he wasn't, I don't know if he was an executive VP, but he was a VP. Okay. And, you know, but there's no hard feelings. Okay. But now, now I want to go back to you on this. Okay. So now I, I guess this is twofold in here. So you did this appeal. Hospitals don't know, you know, uh, where they're making money, how they're making money. Okay. Yet the CEO is supposed to make these people great and not keep people busy. Okay. So how is that all coming about in the hospitals? Because I, I, you know, being in all these meetings, okay, you know, everybody's fighting the problems with that. And if, and I totally agree with you, if you don't know your costs, how can you fix anything? Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, and people tend to be correct problems instead of preventing problems. Okay. And then it comes back to, you know, a person and I know the person, which I will not mention his name. Okay. He said in a particular group, well, the leadership has to change. Well, see, now this brings me to leadership versus leader, because leaders, leadership and leaders are two different things. Leadership is from, I go from the smallest part of the company to the highest part of the company. The highest part of the company has the biggest leadership, which is the CEO and president, because he's driving the culture and it's his philosophy of how the company is going to go. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't make him a leader because you can be, you know, you can be a dictator up at that level. Yeah. Okay. But it's leadership. Okay. Yeah. So, so what do you, so I think, you know, there, there's an issue between leadership and leaders and what's going on there. And especially if you're playing this, this infinite game that you're playing. Yes. Uh, and, and the, you know, it's something like, um, think of somebody like Steve Jobs. Okay. Right. You know, obviously he created an amazing company and he did change the world. Now, Steve Jobs, as I understand it, it wasn't very fun to work for him uh, right. because he was extremely demanding. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, he did have, I think he was, he was a leader uh, and he did have leadership skills because he, he apparently knew how to orchestrate a group of very talented young people and get them to come up with an amazing set of products. So he's a leader at that level, mm -hmm. but right. not a leader throughout the organization. Uh, well, you well, gotta not, you got to think about it with the peon. Okay. I'm not de denying that he made these great jobs, but you know what, if, if, if somebody wants to make a change or say, well, I got a recommendation, they bring it up. How far is it going to filter up? Not that far, yeah. probably. Yeah, true, true. Okay. And that, and that gets to some of the stuff that you and I were talking about where we're going to do some, uh, right. do some talks about uh, leaders versus leadership. And right. that there are different levels. If you're at different levels in a company, you know, you, you, you probably got to do leadership a little differently. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, you know, 
the course, the, and as you as I discussed also before, how do you tell if you're a leader? Is there anybody following you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you turn around and say, hmm, not even the dog is following me. Well, you're not yeah. a leader. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, do they have to follow you or is it, do they choose to follow you? That's a big difference too. And, and you know, and the big thing is, and uh, you know, I think I might be going off on a tangent here, but one of the big things is, is, is with leaders is, you know, when, when you're, when you're looking for certain people, maybe like Steve Jobs and he finds these people, but they're into his dream. They're yeah. into his philosophy. Yes, I will follow you. Okay. And it's just like, you know, we got Brian Quee. Okay. He's the medical geek. How many people are following this guy? Because they love the information he's giving them. Okay. And, you know, so they follow him. And it's the same thing on Facebook and everything like that. But the problem is now when you go to work for a company, and I'm just going to talk about your average doctors and nurses and mm -hmm. IT people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not, I'm in this business because I like the people. It's because I need a job. Okay. And now what preference of leadership am I going to follow? Well, but if you look at the, you know, and this, this goes back to playing the infinite game. Right. First, there, there are, there are four rules that I know of for playing the infinite game. Who's who made these rules up? You? <laughs> uh, these no. These are these are rules. These are rules that uh, you know. They're just my opinion. And Simon Sinek's, I kind of adopted them uh, from okay. him. Okay. Uh, but I I think this is this is what makes it work. Uh, the first the first rule uh, has to do with uh, taking uh, considering your values uh, versus your interests. Okay. Uh, for example, um, if you look in the healthcare industry, what are the values of healthcare providers? Well, first one I'd say is do no harm. First, do no harm. That's the first one. They don't want to harm anybody, do anything that harms anybody. Okay. And they want uh, to take care of people. And they want to take care of people. Uh, I think they would, they would like to be able to uh, see that anybody gets treatment they need when they need it. And, and, and why not even buy the person that they would like to be able to provide it? In other words, why shouldn't you be able to choose who your doctor is, or who, your, who your provider is, or where you go uh, to get treated? Uh, and you should be able to get that uh, at a reasonable price and cost, okay? Mm -hmm. In other words, it shouldn't bankrupt you, um, you know, uh, to, to be able to stay alive. Now, let's compare those values to the values of insurance companies. Okay, mm -hmm. what's their, uh, do, they, do they have the same value? First, do no harm, really? Uh, it, can you, have you not heard of cases where a, uh, an insurance company has denied coverage for somebody uh, because they don't believe they need it? Right. Even if it's, even if it's uh, important for their, uh, you know, for their health and, and to stay alive? insurance company didn't want to pay for it. Their interest of not running out of resources takes uh, precedence over everything else. To stay in the game, they got to make sure they don't go bankrupt. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's not to take care of you to make sure I don't go bankrupt. To make sure they don't go, their first, their first goal is to collect premiums. Right. Not have to pay out too much. 
right. in order to do that because they want to stay in the game. Now, you could argue that, okay, there's, well, there's some, you know, there's good interest there because, you know, without insurance, uh, you know, if they weren't insuring people, those people wouldn't have insurance. Well, I don't know how much I believe that, but, uh, you know, one could argue that that's, that's part of the, you know, that's part of the value that they are fulfilling uh, by doing things like that. I don't agree. Uh, I just think they have a different set of values and therefore they use a different set of rules. Now, does it mean that hospitals and physicians, you know, uh, don't care about how much uh, the care costs? Well, I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, I, I, uh, are there some out there who are just plain greedy? Absolutely. But frankly, I think physicians and healthcare providers uh, ought to be able to be pretty well paid considering the sacrifices that they make in order to do the job that they do. Mm -hmm. even just even just schooling for crying out loud i can't do what a doctor does i do webinars all the time with with uh, doctors and physicians and other providers and i can't believe the stuff they have to remember mm -hmm. i have to remember a lot of stuff because i do webinars and web pages and all that kind of stuff but it's nothing compared to what they have to remember right. and i can't believe how much they can call that stuff up you know off the top of their head and talk about it uh, and they know a lot and they're very smart people. Why shouldn't they be able to make a very good income? I think they should. Now, does that mean that, uh, you know, uh, there's no hope for changing, you know, pricing in healthcare? No, I don't think so. But I don't think the doctors are the ones that are the problem. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the hospitals. Uh, there's, I was just reading an article this morning. It was about how hospitals charge exorbitantly more when they bill uh, a private payer versus when they bill the government. When they bill the government, they have to file a cost report. And the government then says, okay, we'll pay you this much of your cost. They don't even pay 100% of the cost, okay? The government doesn't. Uh, in, uh, private insurance companies pay a percentage of what you bill them. So the hospitals, uh, have an incentive to bill the insurance companies much more than they bill uh, than bill the government because the government doesn't care what you want to charge for a bill. They only care about the cost and they'll pay you a percentage of that. Health insurance companies are different. Pharmacies are, are I think, a big problem. Pharmaceutical companies, I should say, not necessarily uh, pharmacies, but pharmaceutical companies, there's, they're, they're just, they're, they're a big problem, big pharma. Uh, I think they're probably the biggest problem there is. And then besides that, it's just that insurance companies, uh, you know, the hospitals and the insurance companies, those prices can keep going up um, because they can. There's no control over it. Um, and as I said, nobody really knows what something costs anyway. Even the cost reports that the hospitals file, I, I, I just don't buy that their cost accounting is there. To where they can actually figure that out. Well, I don't even believe when you talk to the pharmaceutical companies, okay, I mean, I know they get a patent and they ride that patent and they charge high prices, but again, and they make millions and billions of dollars on it until the patent runs out. But I, I too don't know if they totally understand their costs of how much research time went in there to, for them to, to absorb that research, okay? 
Well, I think those companies are probably better at it. They almost. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm not denying they're not better at it, but I, you know what, I I think they can inflate things, and you know what, they, you know they, you know, it all comes back to. I remember when I was in, in there, in a, a VP of operations, and you know the only way I would ever ever go to the CFO was what I knew he would buy for, um, you know, ROI. Mm -hmm. if, if my ROI was over five years, uh, you know, I would tell my, you know, people that, you know, that we were working together on the team. I said, I'm not, I, you know, well, you got to bring that up to, uh, you know, the CFO. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I said, you know, you could say it, but I'm not because, the, the, because the ROI is six years. He won't, he, it's an automatic no until I get to five and then he'll look at it. Well, can you get it down to four? Okay. But they don't want to do it. Okay. So I, it all comes down there. I mean, it, you know, I'll give you a little, I don't know even if you know this one in um, the extended warranty. Okay. Uh, well, I want to go there. They, they do a bathtub curve. They know they, every product has a bathtub curve. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they know in the beginning of the product cycle, you're going to have problems and that's your typical warranty. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they know after this time, it's going to flatten out. Yeah, you might have a spike here and there. Yeah, well, you know, this person, you know, had to get a whole new car because this, yes, that's one in a billion, okay? Because yeah. it stays right. flat. And then at the end of, and they know the life cycle. So at the end, it starts going up, but we're not going to cover you anymore. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Right, right. Because, because they know. So they're making money off of you. Yeah. They're making, no, money, they're making money off of our stupidity. Well, those curves are, those curves, I, I think those curves and calculations based upon them are reasonable because you can, you know, you can look at it and you can come up with a number. Uh, but, you know, some of the stuff that is going on in, in uh, you know, how hospital uh, charges are made, that, that's, you know, might as well throw, throw darts at a board uh, because the, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a pretty big board. Uh, so, uh, you know, well, look it, on the bright side, then you can't miss. Yeah, yeah, you can't miss. Uh, but the, you know, that kind of a curve, I mean, that's a that's I mean, that's a known thing. I mean, there's not much you can do about that. When you first put out a product, you know, and there's some places that they put out the product even before they've tested it very much because they know the consumers will come back to them with where the problems are. Oh, you know, okay, we'll take care of it as we go along. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, it's not very good for the consumer, uh, because we're the ones trying to make, you know, trying to make a living with whatever it you gave us or trying to have fun or whatever. And, and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's frustrating. Right. Um, but you know, this, this, it, it still goes back to that idea of, of playing the infinite game. You've oh, got I, to I, I totally agree with you. So let me ask you a question. How are you doing with your infinite game of uh, your appeals and your uh, top gun? Uh, um, how, well, how are you doing with that? As a matter of fact, I'm trying to, I'm uh, working on major changes now to it because I've noticed uh, some changes in the way people are consuming products uh, and education. Uh, podcasts have become extremely uh, popular. Mm -hmm. uh, still, I think the, the one idea I've had about uh, Top Gun uh, all along is that number one, I do some things for free because that's like a foot in the door, okay? You've heard me uh, now, maybe you've got to hurry me, uh, you know, my products 20 or 30 times before you consider buying any of, of my products, which are all reasonably priced. 
I make them so that they are affordable by an individual. Mm -hmm. And if you have a large group who you want to get, I'll give you a heck of a deal. Mm -hmm. That's the model that I use for that. And that works okay. Now, the problem that I'm working on is uh, I'm the CEO. I want to find new clients. And uh, lately, that's been more difficult. Uh, but I think the solution for me is creating podcasts and putting those out there that I charge a little bit of money for, yet not as much for a one-hour webinar or something like that, or even for the whole library. So that's what I'm that's what I'm working on because I know I've got to keep changing. Uh, the you know the product itself has to keep changing, and I know that uh, you know I even have to compete with myself. I don't measure myself against uh, my competitors that much. Mm -hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking for, I'm trying to figure out, you know, who I should be uh, aiming myself against, but uh, it's kind of hard that, you know, some of the, some of those companies that I've chosen in the past, they don't change. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 And I, I, you know, and I'll, I'll give you a, for instance, to a lot of your podcasts, depending on what your topics are, I mean, you know, I, I've gotten topics that I've gotten um, a lot of people listening to, okay, a uh, hundred, okay, and then I got some other podcasts, uh, not so well, but I yeah. always try to do the experience part, okay, because you know what, there's nothing better than the voice of experience, okay, and if people, pe if people don't want to listen to ex experience and wisdom, well, you go travel that road, but you know yeah. what, you're, you're, de you're definitely going to have problems, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you do a podcast, and again, I'm I'm more than willing to help you because sometimes I don't think it's, this is me personally, just from my standpoint. Okay. I've done a couple of my own personal podcasts and it's like, you want a dialogue. Okay. To me. Okay. Yeah. So if yeah. you ever need someone to help you, we can go through scripts. Uh, I'd be more than willing to help you do the dialogue. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we can actually even make it a YouTube video if you want. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Where I could, I could just have it all focused on you. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you some hints there. We'll, we'll put a, a, a fake uh, drop screen behind you. So they'll think you're in San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I like, uh, I, you know, I typically do it just with this of me here in my office. I don't like the way the green screen acts around my head, but anyway, yeah, that's yeah. A, you know neither here nor there. But uh, you know, I actually, I actually talked to a, a friend the other day. Matter of fact, the one that got uh, laid off, I was telling you about. Okay, twenty six years as a VP, and you know, I haven't seen you know him for some time, and I'm going, wow, what a real nice apartment he has. Well, it was a drop screen. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh no, Jimmy! You probably think this is my apartment. No, it is, and he just then he took everything. That's how much my room is. <laughs> it was it was so comical. So you know, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I think you know, you have a lot of talent to offer. And you know, uh, folks uh, just listening to this, me and Ernie are going to put some things together. Mm -hmm. We're going to be coming out. It's going to be more about leadership and leaders, okay, yeah. and leadership skills from all levels of business okay because how many people get promoted to supervisor and have no idea about people skills okay yeah. so yeah. maybe the person wanting to become a supervisor well we'll help you what books to read what to do here to do it oh you're going up to a manager now where you're going to have a few supervisors you know well now you need to learn something else okay and maybe you know um you know 
the roles of people on how they're playing and more of the personalities. And then, you know, when you get to a director, now you're directing managers that manage supervisors and everything changes. And lo and behold, we all get to the Peter principle. We always get to the level where we, <laughs> yes. where, where we get, where we don't know it and they keep us there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nobody wants to go backwards and, you know, who would want to go backwards? So, well, well, there was one time there was a company I wanted to go backwards. I did. Yeah. And, and you know what they told me? It was a big company. Matter of fact, it was Motorola, big company. Okay. Back yeah. in the day. Okay. And they said, eh, we think you're just trying to get your foot in the door because you want my job. <laughs> he says, you're qualified for this job, but you're, <laughs> but you're overqualified. I said, all I want to do is do that job. And yeah. I did in that stage in my life. That's all I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. but he, he yeah. didn't accept it. So, uh, right and, and rightfully so, probably. But anyway, so um, in closing, Ernie, what 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 uh, recommendations do you have for our listeners? Well, I think the first thing is you you, you do need to uh, to uh, go research this stuff about the infinite game uh, because it's uh, you know you I personally I I think and I make these statements in my webinars and some people think I'm kind of bold about. It. If you don't learn to play uh, the with you know in an infinite game, you will fail. Okay. You will sooner or later. You will fail. And, and folks, I want you to know uh, when I put out this po podcast, you know, I always put a description out there, and in that description of Ernie, uh, we are going to give you links to all his stuff, even his appeal classes and his. Uh, his top gun and i'm sure based on maybe we'll do something that if you listen to this podcast maybe you know he'll let you in on a few of them for free yeah yeah no i have uh, i have a number of offers at both uh, myfinallyfriday.com and topgunauditschool.com there's a lot of stuff that's there for free uh the live stuff is generally free uh the recordings are you know <laughs> very low priced uh, and uh, even a one-year subscription to each of those is, and all of that's all that's about to change in January. So it'll become even more valuable as as it go along. That's what I'm trying to do, is just deliver value because I'm really trying to make a difference. Yep, yep, yep. I, and I and I completely understand it. And you know that's why I do these podcasts. Okay, I try to help people. Okay, and I'm trying to make a difference because you know what. We, we, we have a lot of tread on us. Okay. A lot of, you know, yeah, mi yeah. miles on us. Okay. And yeah. th there's a lot of things in life that don't change as much as technology changes this world. People skills do not change. No, no, those, those don't change very much. You know, some people think, uh, you know, millennials are very different. No, they're not really. Uh, they've grown up in a different world than you and I did. Right. Uh, and so that's affected their, their behaviors some extent but there's still people right and i you know you you bring that up you talk about it you know there's there's uh di there's digital natives and then there's digital immigrants well mm. i'm a digital immigrant and you're a digital immigrant okay yeah. so digital natives have more trouble adapting to change in the digital world than digital immigrants did you know that because yeah. we're, we're, we're willing to learn anything because we don't know anything the digital right. native says, well, I know all this stuff. I, you know, we can't change that. That's that's the trouble. And that's what, uh, you know, again, that's that's one of the rules of, of playing uh, the infinite, infinite game. game. You've got to accept, you've got to adopt an attitude that change is necessary. It's here. It happens every day. And your job, I here's 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 my one bit of advice at the end. 
Okay. Your job is to learn. I don't care who you are. Your job is to learn. Exactly. Exactly. Everything that happens to you every day is an opportunity to learn. That's your job. You do that. You'll be okay. Okay. Well, Ernie, I want to thank you very much for uh, getting being on the podcast. Yep. Thanks for being. Thanks for having me here, Jim. Well, I hope you enjoyed Ernie's story about the infinite game in the business world. As you heard, he is constantly learning and helping others. Remember, there is always a better way. Ernie, thanks for the great advice. As you know, I am always looking for unique and interesting stories to share with our listeners. So if you have an interesting idea or story you would like to talk about, just contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters U are just a number dot com. Until next time, have a great day.